Before Allie, Nikki, and I recap this week's episode of the challenge Total Madness, here's a few words from our sponsors. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome, Challenge fans, to the Rotten Banana Podcast, a podcast covering all things MTV's The Challenge. I'm your host, Logan of HedrickFiles.com. Joining me, as always, back east, she raced back home to do this for us, so we forever love you. <laughs> Allie, how you doing, girl? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm hanging in there. Oh, wait. Hold on. I've got something. Oh. Okay. It's 2.07 in the afternoon. Time to crack a white claw. <laughs> Guys, for the record, I can see Logan right now. He cannot see me. He has the video turned on. I can't figure out how to turn mine on. I'm smarter than I look, but apparently not today. He is full on, like, this is peak Logan right now. He is wearing a Hawaiian shirt, duh, sipping a ruby grapefruit white claw. You know it. he claims those are the best. And I almost want to say that his hat, his, like, MTV beach hat matches his Hawaiian print. I'm not really sure, but I wish you guys could see it. Logan, please, please send out a selfie tonight. This trip is no accident, baby. This is peak Logan. (laughs) (laughs) And also joining us on the line, we are extremely excited to have her. We're of course joined by the Nikki Sin staying safe up in Canada. How are you girl? I'm good. Greetings, Earthlings. How's, how's everyone doing? Oh, no. Oh, no. You did not just do that. <laughs> so good. Uh, I Nikki... can also see Nikki, for the record, you guys, and she looks just as beautiful as ever. So my view is Thank wonderful. You. Uh, Nikki, for those familiar, can for those not familiar, can you give us a little um, background on your blog and your involvement in the MTV Challenge world? Yeah, so I've been running the NikkiSin.com for about seven years now. Um, I I started interviewing random cast members just because I thought, hey, maybe I could do I could do interviews about something. And I've always been like a hardcore challenge fan. I, I won't even pretend that I'm not. Um, so Zach Zach Nichols was sort of the first person that I talked to. That was like back in 2015. And from then, I just somehow just faked it till I make made it nowhere to go but up from that interview huh (laughs) that was back when he was like still with ashley and like 
wasn't as outwardly misogynistic. Uh, I feel like that's always been there. That's always been a defining characteristic for him. He used to try and hide it a little better. Now, <laughs> now he, just, he knows. We all know. He's still a really good competitor, though. I still sure. stand him because he was the first person to just be like, yeah, I'll totally interview with you. Right. Yeah. Like you have like a little connection because he helped you get everything going. Yeah. I get it. And he doesn't, he's not really like involved in the, you know, auxiliary challenge content anymore at all. Like he's never done Challenge Mania. He hasn't done our podcast. I don't think I've seen him on any like blog interviews in years. You know where he does drop tea though? Is on Cameo. Have you ever, have you ever seen any of these videos that he sends out on Cameo? He like drops so much information in them. One went like, viral in our little you know neighborhood last year i can't even remember what it was but something about like a behind the scenes thing about an elimination or or maybe the final or something like that but yeah he uh he does well on cameo does he drag ninja on there too <laughs> i'm sure you wouldn't don't have to pay all. him too much to to do that yeah he'll one. do that shit for free you don't have to pay yeah. that <laughs> Uh, okay, so you would consider yourself like an MTV kid. You like grew up with Real World and Road Rules, and now have transitioned into like full on challenge fandom. Or like, when did you jump into the challenge world? Um, I think I jumped in after I first watched Real World Denver because I was I was super into it because that Brooke freakout it's it's forever instilled in my brain. That's an epic one. Oh, oh yeah. I, I miss I miss the days of that. So I think I sort of jumped in when it was uh, when when the real world was was huge on the on the network. Logan is Brooke the one who randomly popped up at Challenge Mania Nashville. She is, yeah. Actually, brushed <laughs> yeah. by us. Uh, I don't know if she she wasn't ever at the actual event. She was just at the after party, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. everyone was like getting all excited, and I was like, I do not remember that person. I had to Google. I did not, like, zero shade. My memory just did not serve me well whatsoever in that moment. I had I did not remember her at all. I think she did two or three seasons of the challenge, but yeah, definitely mm-hmm. most well-known for this pretty epic freakout where she, she was, what, freaking out at Davis or something? Yeah, she was, I think she was either screaming at Jen or Davis. Yeah. That... She was screaming about how, like, no one will ever talk to her like that. And it was like a top of the lungs, like toddler temper tantrum meltdown. And it was amazing. Yeah, she definitely goes down as like an underappreciated, you know, real world cast member. Uh, All right. Well, that's cool. So that's that's a pretty long time to be a part of the fandom. So I think you've been grandfathered in as an OG around here. (laughs) sick <laughs> all right well today we are here to recap and discuss the challenge total madness episode two this week titled sweet dreams are made of d and i can only hope that every episode title this season has some sort of 80s pop song pun in there uh but first on the uh, right off the top we want to say give us a five-star review on the itunes store that really helps uh new listeners find us and then of course We've been hawking it the last week or two. We have our Rotten Banana merch up on HedrickFiles.com or HedrickFiles.Threadless.com. So go grab yourself a t-shirt over there. And if you have already listened to my recap of Survivor from last night or this morning, you will know, if you listen all the way through, that Allie and I will be interviewing Jay 
from Survivor in this season of Total Madness next Monday. So hopefully that'll be dropping uh, Monday afternoon. So I'll put up a post on Twitter and the Challenge Fans Facebook group and all that to pull some questions for it. We're super excited to have him on. Diana and I are binging Millennials vs. Gen X to kind of get his full backstory of his you know reality TV career. So if you know anything about his ex on the beach season, Nikki, I'm, I'm all ears here because I don't think I'll have time to binge both. I think it was just um, he was with Morgan or he, he had like hooked up with Morgan. I, I find Morgan to just be like a houseplant. So I just try to forget that she exists. <laughs> um, she wasn't even on an official season of Big Brother. Are you a Big Brother watcher? Do you know where the uh, what did what did it what was it called Big Brother? It was like an online version. So my oh, family is we're we're a big reality TV family. Like we every week we watch Survivor together. My whole family watches Big Brother. I don't really watch it. I don't really watch Big Brother as often anymore. Um, I I find it just I find it sort of boring at this point because I ever since they started casting people from Big Brother onto the challenge i i feel like people are putting on different personas to sort of get cast on mm, interesting so her season was uh big brother over the top and it was online exclusive right yeah yeah i don't know i i definitely all i'll say is i'm excited to have jay on and hopefully morgan is only a very <laughs> very minor part of our discussion <laughs> well it was sort of interesting to see us vote jay in last week because it was it was it like a petty jealousy thing? Was it he just didn't want to like he didn't want to piss off Nani by voting like Asaf? I was curious about that. I mean, we talked some... about kind of yeah, yeah how exactly. curious that whole situation really was that they <clears throat> didn't even mention the like former kind of love triangle between Jay Morgan and Bananas. I mean, I did not watch that season of X on the Beach, but I watched. The reunion just because I wanted to because I, I had I had now seen Morgan from War of the Worlds one. So I was like curious about her whole like backstory. And they literally did a lie detector test to determine if she had cheated on Jay with bananas like they dedicated an entire segment to that relationship. So we both thought it was odd that it wasn't mentioned in the first episode, especially with like the voting and how that all so- went down. I feel like there's a lot of things that weren't mentioned there. Mm-hmm. Like, Asaf wasn't mentioned about being on Are You The One and his, like, history with Tori, like, being friends with her for so long. Yeah, Asaf and Jay both have, um, like, MTV show history on their resume, and it wasn't mentioned for either one of them. It was, it was very odd. I agree. Yeah, curious decision. Um, I I'm definitely want to ask him about, like, was there tension between him and Bananas as the season went on or from the beginning or whatever, but so uh, be on the lookout on Twitter, challenge fans, Facebook group, challenge subreddit, wherever you find this podcast, I'll put up a post in the next day or two. Um, so let's go ahead and jump into uh, episode two because in the beginning, we're dealing with a lot of fallout from the big twist from that TJ drops on us at the end of last episode, along with another big twist at the end of this episode. But my first question to you guys is, why does this season of the challenge look like fucking HBO's True Detective? <laughs> like the filters they're using, these like drone shots, it's just like a completely different vibe and I like it. It's just really out there. Are you talking about 
like the superior season of True Detective, the first season. Because uh, I haven't watched. I don't think I've watched since. Actually, no, I did watch the the Tim Riggins season too. Yeah, um, three is supposed to be good, but there's really only one real season. I should have watched three, but two was really a mess. So hopefully you're talking about one because the season doesn't feel like a mess like True Detective season two does. Wait, is Tim Riggins? Is that who? What's his name plays on Friday Night Lights? Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I was like, wait, that's not a real person, but I know that name. What's his name? Isn't it uh, Taylor or something? Kitch. Taylor Kitch. Yeah, there we go. No, and it's he was Tim... engaged to Lady Gaga. No. Nope. What? No, nope, different Taylor. Oh, yeah. That's the guy from um, Chicago Fire. Right. I Taylor um, Kenny. This is Similar what I call him, Tim Riggins. <laughs> you lost me. <laughs> Texas forever. The the editing this season is, is very strange, though. It sort of seems like mid midway through the editing process, they were like, hey, here's a bunch of money. Go ham. And they were like, okay. And so somebody just finished like film school or something, and they were like, I'm, I'm on it. I like it. It's a very interesting way to be doing it right it's just uh sort of a bizarre choice especially considering how like streamlined streamlined so much of the production would seemingly be you know by season 35 that there consistently the last few seasons has been a disconnect between what the theme and the ideas and like what literally tj's lines are when they're filming versus when they finally get in the editing bay and they're like well this doesn't really work for this storyline. And, oh, we changed the name of the season from Battle for Independence to Total Madness. So we need TJ back in here to ADR 800 lines for the whole season to, to actually make sense. I'm just I'm just always curious that they're like, is a lot more change than people realize from filming to it getting on TV? I've been trying to decide if I just only noticed all of the ADR like the TJ's voiceovers, have they always been happening this frequently? Or is that like there truly is kind of that disconnect between filming and when it's all edited? Um, I thought maybe I I had just never noticed it over the years, but it kind of sounds like it's the latter where there was just a lot of confusion between the time they like got home and started editing the season. I mean, I think it's both because the rumor or like what they would always apparently tease TJ about is they would call him 10 take TJ because... He could never get the lines correct, so he was like ADRing lines because he was fucking them up back in the day, and now he's doing it because uh, they're like making all these post production changes. <laughs> anyway, so they get back to the house, and everyone is just crushing chips. Like I've never <laughs> seen reality so TV many chips. like this. It was awesome. They have to have, like, non-perishables that can survive underground. So I it's guess, all, like, yeah. chips and, like, canned food. And there's no, like, fresh food because there's no oxygen. <laughs> How ironic. But everybody was just mowing down on them. How ironic and oddly present with the current moment that we're living in. Yeah. Uh, so here we see CT do a bunch of complaining that this twist essentially is counter to his entire philosophy of how he plays the game like he you know has been known to go into eliminations and fuck shit up but he only does that when he really has to flex his muscles or he's back and in, backed into a corner he likes to play the intimidation game 
and I think in his opinion, he would probably say how he played last season with in War of the Worlds two, not even ever once being considered to to be thrown into the elimination is the perfect game for him. So that he now has to come up with a completely new strategy. And at one point he even asks Jenny like, Oh, why would anyone send you in? You're the strongest girl here. It's going to, you know, allow you to punch your ticket to the final, which is obviously like the uh, thesis for this entire episode of why, Oh, why did D make this promise to Jenny and then end up fulfilling it? So, uh, Ashley is another one that's pissed because this ruins her game. Uh, so yeah, like Nikki, what do you think of TJ's twist and these traditionally powerhouse players having to completely change their strategy versus someone like Jordan who really just like invites eliminations at all times? I think it's going to be, it's going to be better for them in a sense. I I think that they're looking at it the wrong way. So I, like with Ashley and CT, their strategy is to not get thrown into elimination. But now they can sort of play a really good social game and a really good political game where they can get thrown in with who they want to go up against. So like they can they can really cater it if they if they work it properly. If they, they go a smart route, they can they can cater it so they can take down people in a list of ways that they want to in a certain order. So instead of just throwing Tori in every week, like last season, or, you know, going after people that they, they just don't like, Jan, <laughs> <laughs> they can, I, th- I think it's going to be a really good test of confidence for them. Yeah, I think that's fair. Ali, what do you think uh, of the twist? Because it's obviously going to dictate the entire politics of the whole season. Like it, it's not just like, Oh, this one week, this is where everyone's going to have to like slightly adjust. Like this is now you're advocating to go into eliminations against certain people. And then by the end, you're kind of SOL. You got to go in against who's left. I think <clears throat> ultimately that when this season is said and done, whoever wins, I'm going to be, I think more impressed with the people who made it to the end and the people who pull out a win than I've ever been before, because it's not a matter of just going into an elimination, doing well and getting to come back. It's not even a matter of like, if you're new, proving your stripes or or earning your stripes. I mean, it's, it's, there's so much strategy involved and it's already so hard to win the challenge. Like it, it's such a crapshoot on is it going to be a team thing? Is it going to be a partner thing? Who am I partnered up with during the final? Who am I partnered up with leading up to the final? Like we saw last night was a perfect example of, you know, only teams with two guys made it to the second round of that thing. So it's like of that that challenge. So it's already so hard to win. And it's such um, that you got to have some luck on your side. And I think just adding this in, it's going to require so much more strategizing. And it's going to you know, put favor with people who've done this before and people who are smart enough to map out what they want to happen. Um, as opposed to like, you know, let's use Fessy as an example. So like we said last week, like, oh, he's going to be great. Cause he's like big and strong and intimidating. And, you know, nobody's going to want to want to go into an elimination against him. Well now, like that's not really a great thing anymore. You have to go in at some point. So totally. there's just going to be a lot more moving parts. And so I think when all is said and done, this is just going to be, really one for the books. 
Right. So are, are you familiar with the phrase, like, write the story when the shot is in the air? No. It's, it, it, it's like uh, like a basketball writer kind of thing. It's like you draw up the play for the game-winning shot, and regardless of whether the shot goes in or not, it's like if, if the guy gets open and the play is ran correctly and, you know, you get the shot that you want, the, the shot itself is still only like 50-50. It's either going to go in or it's not. So it's like the, the idea is write the story about how the whole game went and how uh, they drew up the correct play and – that should be rewarded regardless of whether they win the game or not. So I think my point is that should we take that idea into this season and be like, because of this twist, regardless of who ends up winning, whether we like them or not, or whether we think they quote unquote deserve the win or not, should we hold this season's win in higher regard than say, you know, some weaker seasons, weaker finals. Like I think because of this twist, we're going to look back and be like, Oh shit. Mm-hmm. Total Madness was actually like one of, if not the hardest season ever to win because you literally cannot skate by in any sense. It's how I think about Dirty 30. I think I'm going to look back on this season the same way I do on Dirty 30 because that just seemed like such a hard season to win. Because totally. even if you made it to the Redemption House, it was purely luck on whether you got back in or even how many people they were letting back in in your in your elimination to get back in the house that day. So I think, yeah, to your point, you know, we talk a lot on here about like earning your way to a final versus deserving it. And some people in their mind deserving to go to a final means you never went into an elimination. And then some people feel the exact opposite. Like you deserve to be here because you fought your way to be here. But then people whose strategy is to never go in, they're like, I deserve to be here because I was smart enough to keep myself out. So I think, no matter what happens, whoever we see still standing at the end, they earned it and they deserved it. I'm actually kind of shocked that no one has taken the, I know we're only into episode two, but I'm, I'm shocked that nobody's taken the initiative to start creating like a list of who they want to take out and the order they want to take them out. We need there Laurel was a season and for her a hit notebook. List. Yeah. I know. <laughs> Yeah, this totally. Would, this would be the season. It would. It's a great time to sit down and like strategize. Like, you know, let's say you're in the tribunal, and let's say Tori's in the tribunal, and it's a it's a men's elimination week, and she sees it's something really physical or something that you have to put, um, you know, a, a lot of thought into, like a puzzle of sorts, something that Jordan's really good at. It would make sense to me to like create some sort of chart, some sort of list where you're like, like a okay, what if a what if chart, yeah, yeah. It's sort of yeah, like, and like on, like a contingency plan. If you build a big plan. enough alliance, you know, you can have. It doesn't matter if you're in the tribunal or not, because if you're if you have one, you know, one person in, one person out, one person who gets voted in. I mean, there's definitely strength in numbers on this one. So I'm glad that uh, we have seen our, you know, the two biggest that we never thought would team up, Bananas and West. I'm curious how these two. I, you know, it sounds funny to say masterminds, but when it comes to the challenge, who better to, you know, figure out the, the, the details than those two? I think that we're going to see them kind of lead the charge in, in, uh, mapping it out. Like to your point, Nikki, like a potential list or a what if, or a list of scenarios or who would I want in this, you know, elimination. Them setting up Jen was just. Oh my God. <laughs> that was an all time great moment. Okay, wait, so b- before we get there though, I, I have to say this. This actually physically pains me to say, and I can like already like, I'm already like gagging a little, just like (laughs) thinking of what I'm about to say. But like, I kind of 
really want or wish that Car Maria would be on this season just to see how she would fare with this twist in being that she used to be so gung ho for challenge or for eliminations. It was like, yeah, this is like where I make my money that like, I'm the best now at eliminations too. She completely shifted her game to be like the, the, you know, CT method of like, I'm the intimidating badass bitch out here. Call me out if you want, but nobody will. And nobody did for years. And now the one season that she happens to not be on is one that would like really, really test her her mental fortitude and see how she would fare in this really tough type season. So like, I, I don't want all the extra Car Maria stuff that comes with her being on a season, though. You know, I just want <laughs> her to be tested and see how she does. I think she would have teamed up with Jen. Jen, in, in two this... ends. Yes, not Jenny or Jenna. There's too many gens. I think she would have teamed up with like Amazing Race Jen because um, I think she's she always sort of picks like the underdog to like take under her wing, like Laurel did for her. I mean, she does, but I I mean she she's so like ingrained in her alliances that she's if she's got CT and Polly there, she doesn't really give a fuck about politicking anyway. And we also saw so we're jumping ahead, but did you guys see? All the stuff on Twitter, like basically from every female in the cast that they tried to de- befriend this girl, and she was like not interested whatsoever. I saw that. It's it's got to be pretty bad when people who are notoriously known for for not being really one of the girls' girls, like Melissa, is reaching right. out to you. Right, right, right. And you're saying no, but it's yeah. also got to be true because why else would all like you know ten of them say it? <laughs> it doesn't benefit them at all to lie about it either. No. Because we barely heard from Melissa the whole episode. Right. And it's not like Jen, you know, is going on to some like big reality TV career or, you know, she doesn't she doesn't have like a bunch of clout in the challenge world that people need to suck up to her. It's like they're all I pretty much take everyone at their word that they all tried to be friends with her and she was combative or like what what was the reason that they said that she just like wasn't about it? She just seemed more interested in cultivating relationships with the guys. Mm. Can't imagine why. Mm-hmm. All right, so before we, get all to, <laughs> before we get to the challenge, there's a few more things you got to cover. Uh, Kyle at one point asks Jordan what his strategy will be, and he replies that he's going to play it like a normal game, which is like okay, weird flex, but okay, kind of fucking dumb and stubborn, Jordan, but not a surprise. And then in a confessional, he says. He's basically playing this whole season to get Tori a win and to get her to the final. And, I, you know, that's kind of why he gets so upset later that he completely blows it in the challenge. But I don't know. He is so stubborn about things because he's been proven right so many times. Who do we usually say this about, Allie? I feel like we've talked about this before in the context of someone else. We're like, they keep doing the same thing over and over and over. And it's like worked once or twice. Hunter. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Hunter oh. being a fucking dumbass at puzzles and never being able to be good at them. And but yet- it's gotten him to the end. Like he got to the end in, in almost to invasion and then almost in dirty 30. And then he won final reckoning and like sort of it doesn't occur to him <laughs> to change his gameplay at all. Like Jordan acknowledging that he needs to change it up would be the suggestion that he's not doing it perfectly to begin with. Right, and that's right, why right, he right. won't change his game because he doesn't want to admit that there may or may not have been a flaw in it. That's why he's an egomaniacal prick. 
It did cross my mind that he threw that challenge, but really, interesting. Yeah, because I mean, we can talk about it in a second. I'm I'm like the queen of tangents this evening, but um, yeah, I have a theory on that. It's actually shocking to me that Jordan and Tori didn't think to align with like Swaggy and Bailey. That's a good point. That that would seem like something that he would be like adaptable and able to do. Yeah, because having like two power couples in the house working like that. Like already Bailey and, and Swaggy are both I'm gonna call them rookies. They're not prospects. I don't like the term prospects. I yeah, hate it. no, it's weird. They're both rookies and people are already afraid of them. They already don't want to mess with one because it comes with the other. Well, and, and then, along- by proxy, you get Fessy and Casey, who were yep. arguably like top five most athletic people in the house. That's oh, exactly quiet what I was going to say. I love it. Yeah, I mean, that would be a really, really smart link up because you know that they have the same intentions, obviously. They're coming from the same place. Um, and you get Josh, too, because Josh is always going to align with anyone from Big Brother. Mm-hmm. And then Josh and Nani are close. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a domino effect on, like, if they manage to, you know, link up the the four fiancés. Yeah, it's like a six degrees of separation. And it Mm -hmm. it probably would be smart to to recognize that early if if the Big Brother people would be willing to work with them, which... Jordan doesn't think he needs anybody's help. That's his whole thing. Like, true. he, He is so determined that, like, his game works. And on paper, it does. Like... You know, we're making a if we're making a Mount Rushmore here, he's on it. Like statistically speaking, if Jordan is on the challenge, your chances of winning are lower. Um, but at the same time, like you have to be nimble and you have to be able to adapt. And especially when a huge twist like this comes along, and watching him be, be such like a sore loser last night was just—it actually like was super cringy to witness. Oh, one woman's cringe is one man's devious pleasure. <laughs> I fucking loved it. <laughs> I knew I was going to come on here and try and defend him, though. And then as soon as I started thinking about it, I was like, fuck that. It's pretty bad when Corey thinks you're a sore loser. No shit. And Bear. When Bear is like, yeah, man, you haven't noticed that he's always like, uh, he can never be like, yeah, you know what? Good good one, mate. You did pretty good there. It's like. Right. He just doesn't appear to have any fun. And Bear has no shame. Bear was like, yo, put me in the tribunal last week. He was like, no, no, me, me, pick me. Have you thought of me? (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Jordan is, he's really an enigma in this game because like when you look at a list of the goats, at least on the guy's side, you've got challenge lifers, you've got CT, Bananas, um, Wes, and then you've got the like kind of one and not one and done, but you know, the people that like made a really strong impact in a really short amount of time that people love mm-hmm. the, the Landons, the, uh, Durrells of the world. Uh, I guess you could kind of throw Derek in like the OGs, but like uh, with Jordan, it's like really bizarre challenge career. Like comes out hot, makes a final second season comes out even hotter, tries to go after bananas, kind of burns himself, rattles off three straight wins, not in consecutive seasons. So he takes all this time off between each of these wins uh, to like go and start this fucking overpriced leather jacket company and when i say overpriced i'm talking like these like thirty five hundred dollar jackets yeah it is Mm -hmm. insane oh i thought it was a joke at first (laughs) 
<laughs> right? gonna, That's it kind of is, Nikki. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I was like, okay, I I I see it. I I see the the market. You know, I go to Burning Man. I understand selling overpriced <laughs> fashion items like this to look like you just came off a season of Survivor, but. <laughs> Just I mean, you only have to sell it. like three a year, and you're good. So, considering how much challenge money he's made, but <laughs> Which so, is a lot, right? Yeah, and so like he just once every two and a half years shows up to a challenge, is stubborn as fuck, doesn't care about making alliances, will go in and dominate people in the eliminations. Like what he did to Josh last season, I feel bad oh. for Josh. That was a fucking crazy elimination, and it's worked. And he's been combative every step of the way. And guess what? He's probably like the second or third highest grossing challenge winner of all time. So it's like hard to argue. But then you see moments like him post-challenge in this episode and you're like, bro, conduct yourself like a fucking champ. Allie, take the words away, please. Say it for me, girl. Act like you've been here before. Preach! (laughs) I wasn't sure for a split second what you were talking about. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's called chemistry, man. <laughs> All right, well, let's keep moving along in this episode because we're going to be here for hours. Yeah, this is going great. All right, so Tori debates kind of what strategy to take, whether you want to just jump in early on against somebody weak or kind of wait it out. Then we get one of a few incredible moments with my girl, Big T. She's talking about how much she trained in the off season and she really wants to earn her place. You could tell that she just like loves the environment of the challenge, loves the competitive nature of it, still feels like she doesn't completely belong, but like really wants to prove that she should be there. Jen, this is this is the first cringe moment of the episode. She's asking Rogan for advice, and he starts it out by saying, one, you're a rookie, so you're probably going to go in. Two, you're beautiful. And it's like, what the <laughs> fuck does that have to do with anything here, Rogan? What is this on. list Stay title? on track. <laughs> What is the title of this like brainiac list you're making, Rogan? <laughs> I'm really not sure. But to his credit, and you know, we trash the man, but God damn it, is he fucking self-aware? And he even he says the quiet part out loud. He says, "I'm just thinking with my penis here." So it's like, "Fuck you, man!" But you're at least a little funny about it. Nikki, what are your I... thoughts on on the fluctuating opinion of Rogan online? Well. Well, he blocked me on Twitter. I realized I saw I that. that out. <laughs> was this recent was like, or was this from last season? Yeah, and I it's I only noticed it recently and I was I was a little confused because I was like, oh like I haven't really had any any reality TV beef except for, you know, JC from Big Brother a few seasons ago. He tweeted last week or the week before that uh, the COVID nineteen virus should be called the China virus, so the Chinese virus, and that led into a whole thing where Blair White came after me. And that that was just the a big Blair mess. White. <laughs> okay. Yeah, YouTube's Blair White came after me. I don't know who Blair White is, but I know who G- JC is, and he's the fucking worst. So I, oh, I'm, I'm thinking of a different Blair. Stand him. I'm going to quote Jemmy here. He's just four feet of trash. I'm not. <laughs> he's terrible. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't. Nope. Just a really like a keychain Republican. I can't deal with him. He, but Rogan, Rogan has a really interesting strategy and he has an interesting opportunity this time because Joss isn't there to like hold his hand. He, he sort of let Joss take all the, all the flack last season, <laughs> which I found strange. 
because Joss doesn't have a lot of a lot of like clout in the challenge world, in my opinion. Or brains. Um, I not, what not I think about Rogan, like <clears throat> first of all, to your point, it's crazy to me that he isn't leaning more into his alliance with D. It's like he's doing everything he can to piss her off when she's the only one who's still interested in being in his corner. Like your main guy, right? Joss isn't here. He was your alliance all last season and he only didn't make it to the end with you because of a purge. I think Rogan and CT kind of have a thing like a unspoken friendship because they kind of seem to be working together towards the end of War of the Worlds 2. They obviously won together. Yeah, but I don't know that it goes into like a full-fledged alliance. So it's really just it's wild to me to watch Rogan like burn the only bridge that he has left for the girl who's probably going home first. Allie, we're talking about the man that voluntarily posted the shadow of his tiny little penis falling in a Las Vegas hotel bathroom on Snapchat. Like, come on. He does not think these things through. I am not interested in talking about his penis at all. Um, <laughs> no, thank you. I think it's probably the same size as his brain, which is not very <laughs> big hey, either. That's my tweet. My thing is stealing your tweets. Don't go ahead stealing my tweets. <laughs> is that? Did you say that? I said Sorry. I posted a picture of his face right when he said this thing about thinking with his dick. That he, I said when your brains, when your balls are bigger than your brains, implying oh, you know, both are quite buddy. small. I mean. Okay, we're probably due for me to steal some content from you at this point. <laughs> You're pretty deep in the hole of of tweets stolen from me. So, um, yeah, I don't know. He just kind of sucks. And we were all in on Rogan when he came on. He was so nice and like friggin' just charming. And and then you know he, there was the stuff with D, and he just really turned into a bad guy. Um, you know, with the with the smile full of fake teeth to fit. He's a true villain on the show. Did he get veneers between seasons? Everybody did, oh my huh? God, everyone yes. did. I think they like gave them out with the like press packages of like the MTV onesies. I think They're they, like, they MTV found, They found the same like cheap place in like Turkey huh. that they all go to to get them done. They got a group on <laughs> veneers. <laughs> is that possible? Yeah, can there we go in on some? So okay, is this really how it works? They like shave your teeth down so they look like disgusting little fangs, and then they put yes. teeth over it. That is horrifying. Yeah, I mean, imagine the like in between where you look uh, like a frightening like gremlin. Like, yeah, Nosferatu. It's fucking. <laughs> okay, so we get we get some scenes of Tori hyping D up here. Love Tori for this of just being like, drop his ass. He's not even worth all this drama and all you're getting upset about. And Dee's trying to, like, defend it and be like, oh, I can't believe he's doing this and talking to her right in front of me. And Tori's just like, girl, there are so many better men in the world and in this shitty bunker we're in. Just, like, move on. So props to Tori for trying to send Dee in the right direction. I I feel for Dee, though, because what else do you have to focus on in there? That's true. You've got a right. tiny mini pool and a weird open kitchen. And there's not a lot of single dudes. Like Logan and I were texting last night and I was like, how are we watching two beautiful women argue over this fucking cartoon of a man? And and then I went through and listened. And I was like, okay, well, really the only single guys in there are um, Josh, Rogan, Josh, Bear, oh. and Jay. 
I mean, I would have made a beeline for Jay. Yeah, but... I was going to say, oh. one of these things is not like the other. I would be climbing him like one of those rocks. Just, <laughs> <laughs> just right away. Yeah, Jay's a cutie. I Wearing appreciate it. like a survivor buff. It was like slim pickings for the single dudes. I mean, it's funny how, yeah, just like the casting of the challenge the last couple seasons, like they're they're so intent on bringing some of these OGs back along with, you know, the new British people. And yet, and that, that kind of created this like weird whirlwind and like, you know, Kyle is forever, you, you know, maybe a walking STD, but also like is willing to hook up and be dramatic. But like everyone besides the guys you just mentioned are in relationships to some extent. And it's sort of eliminated a huge element of the show. Well, we, we've had the same like characters for so long that people are like married with kids. Totally. You know, Wes is married. CT is married. Um, Jordan's engaged. Swaggy's engaged. Like these are, these are grown ass men in their competing. They're not like the, the drunk 22 year olds they used to be. Yeah. I mean, I appreciate the shift in tone for the show it's definitely not not that they could have anticipated that they would be quite literally the only sporting event on television at the time but like they're i feel like definitely leaning in more to trying to become america's fifth major sport so you know maybe we're finally seeing that shift towards less drunken hookups and obviously there'll always be the drama back at the house because of the you know the way voting and stuff like that works but Maybe this isn't like the drunken 2004 MTV hookup show anymore, which, hey, I appreciate the, the evolution. I think Invasion was sort of the last season where they they had all the potential of all those those random hookups. Because I, I think once they stopped taking people from like, are you the one? And, you know, like messier seasons of X on the beach, they sort of lost the and the real world's not filming really anymore. They had the Facebook Atlanta one which Tova is probably the only person that you can take from there that I would want to watch. But it's, they, they took a lot of the, the hookup prospects. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a trade-off rookies. It's a trade-off too, because like we want to watch our favorites come back and do it. Like we want Wes to come back and we want CT to come back. And you know <clears throat> what you lose in like the Wes and like Johanna and Kenny love triangle or CT and Siobhan or Anastasia, like you gain in, in still getting to have them on the show. So you have to like sacrifice the like messy character that they used to be. But I personally, as an old boring married lady, I'm having a lot more fun watching them like be grown ass men and leave the cringy shit to D and Rogan. Apparently. I mean, I I feel like uh, the challenge was always sort of like, the best of both worlds with the hookups and the competition, but you can't really do that mix that they had in the past. Like there's so many just hookup shows, you know, there's, are you the one? And then there's the bachelors and there's uh love is blind. And like, there's an entire genre of just romance type shows. And then there's also an entire genre of just competition type shows. And challenges always kind of been the perfect blend in the middle but starting to have to to lean in one direction or the other after 35 seasons. So uh, final note on that, I just want to say 
Nikki, great call. Big shout out Tova. We need to get her on the challenge. And shout out Clint for being the most boring racist dude of all time. <laughs> Big shout out to that guy. Was he also in Nashville? Uh, couldn't tell you, even if he was, because um, he's a loser and, and we don't uh, care. We don't care. Yeah, good point. Okay. I, I think it comes a lot from whatever your, I like to call it your reality TV background is. So like Melissa is really good with with drama because she comes from like a Love Island type deal, mm-hmm. you know, and 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 Dee and Kyle are good with hookup drama because they come from Geordie Shore. There's so many people from Geordie Shore that I think would just thrive on the challenge. Like if they got Aaron Chalmers on there. He He's an MMA fighter. You know, he knows how to party. They brought in some boring boxer last season. He didn't really do it for me, so I'm not really sure about that. Did you see Fessy's tweet absolutely fucking roasting Idris, dude? I I would not be surprised if that dude quit the internet after that tweet from (laughs) Fessy last night. I would absolutely crawl in whatever hole that I came from, and you would never hear from me again. Listen, Uh. listen, I like Idris probably as much as anybody out there, like, I don't think he has any super fans, but like he was a cool dude when I interviewed him and I appreciate that he was on a season and made it far playing, you know, a week ish game, but was still there. My dude, you are the thirstiest fucking guy on the internet I have ever seen. Just, just take, take a day off and like, just, just don't post. That's all you got to do. Just don't post and then see how the internet reacts and then come back the next day. Just chill. Just chill. Now is like, a great time to chill. They're they're not. You're not going to get any season thirty six casting calls right now because we're all in quarantine. So you're not going to get any season thirty six sort of, casting calls anyway, my man. Like just just relax a little bit, you know. Yeah, it's gonna, he it's he gonna is be okay. Like, he's the most embarrassing person that I think is on the internet. Like right he now. clearly doesn't realize that it's not about the amount of time you spend on the show that gets you a call back. Like no. big, big T was the first girl eliminated last year. There was a huge uproar for her to be, to get her a call back afterwards. She got called mm-hmm. back this season and I'm a big fan. Idris was on two thirds, three quarters of last season made as close to zero impact as possible. Did not, like I mentioned this back when we were recapping World of Worlds 2. He tried to play the exact same game as CT was playing where you you sit on the fence the whole time. And like that works for a CT because he's got so much power in the game and people are terrified of him in eliminations. My dude, it did not work for you. You, you might have made it far, but you were not like actively playing the game. And now he is like, I don't know. I, I don't want to disparage him because he's such a nice guy. But like, I know. God damn, man. I will. He sucks. <laughs> Okay, let's jump into the challenge. (laughs) Let's jump into this challenge. It's called Airdrop Extraction, and the drone shots are just artsy AF here. I'm loving it. It was so cool. TJ announces we are splitting everyone into teams of three. Everyone has to move, uh, I think it was 15 missiles, which was weird because they only got nine shots with the missiles once they got up in the helicopters. They're one mile apart, so you've got to bring them all back. Top three teams make it to round two. And then, yeah, second round is them trying to fire and drop them onto this uh, target. Wait, the crates were a mile from where they were? Yep. Uh, on second rewatch, wow. I, I made sure uh, I heard the, the distance there, which 
I can understand why some people were struggling. That's a lot. That's, I mean, you were walking. Yeah, you were doing five miles in yeah. that challenge minimum. Uh, so, Nikki, what did you think of, before we even get to the challenge, the randomization of the teams? Because I was complaining about this uh, from last night's Survivor, that there was a huge moment that they didn't show of where teams were picked. Surprised that they didn't show it here on the challenge either. Because uh, obviously one team ended up super stacked here. Yeah, did they like pick it out of a hat? Was it? Was it? I I just didn't. I didn't understand it, and I was also confused by last night's Survivor episode when they did that. They were like, "Okay, we're just gonna we're gonna put people into teams," and I was like, "Okay." And then you know, I blinked and I looked down at my dinner plate for a second. I looked back up, and they're like, "Okay, Survivor's ready," and I'm like, "Sorry, what?" Right, but even on that on Survivor, there were team captains. Like, they announced it was Jeremy and Kim were team captains. Here, there's just like, nope, sorry. We're going to randomly just put Wes and Jenny and Jordan together. That works. That's totally fair. Why, why didn't they have last week's tribunal pick out teams? That would be a great point and add power and incentive to trying to win every week. All right, Cause, so. Because that I always sort of liked when they get to, like, pick the order. Unless you're Kayla, of course, because that's like. She's terrible at that. You ever, you ever notice that she's terrible at picking teams and picking orders? I, I, I know. Well, can we also just touch on the fact that it's fucking bullshit that it was a girls elimination week and we did a challenge that was so heavily favored towards teams with two guys and one girl? Oh, they definitely did it so you would see how, how weak Jen was having Josh carry things for her. It played out in my favor because I love to see Anissa's commentary. <laughs> she wins her comment of the night. Doing the most with her looks, but, you know, trying the least. Yeah. Yeah, it just kind of, it wasn't a great, um, and I understand why you had to do teams of three and not teams of four, purely because you can't make a tribunal out of a team of four, but it just sucked. Like, I don't want to admit that there's an advantage to having two guys, but obviously there was because look how it shook down. I On think a they should have did, trash. They should have had men versus women. Or there's a simple solution here. Just split everyone into groups of four. Yeah, just just but, have it be two and two, and like the the e- quote unquote equalizer on this episode was uh you know the the aim of when they threw it out the back of the helicopter like that doesn't require any more given strength from a guy to a girl but the first part is like a huge endurance challenge while they carry these gigantic boxes mm-hmm. it just yeah did not sit well, well. I did, to, I did I mean, not like the setup pick- of this challenge. But how do you pick a tribunal out of four people? Well, therein lies another <laughs> flaw of the entire game. I think that's why it was done in teams of three. But then, you know, like we said, it, it gets back into this really, like, unfair division of teams. And we don't even know how the teams were created. Yep, totally. Okay, so then, Allie, what did you think of the difference in strategy with some teams where some teams were doing relays and only, you know, having each member bring or at least the girls bring some of their uh, boxes a little bit of the way. And some teams who had stronger girls like Jenny could just bring it back and forth each way. Like, what did you think of the the different strategies some teams uh, used here? I didn't realize that it was a mile. So that definitely changes my opinion. I kind of thought it was maybe like, you know, uh, 400 yards, like one lap around the track. Um, 
But being that it's a mile, I think that definitely changes it because if you have some people who don't have as much endurance and they can do, you know, a quarter of a mile as fast as somebody else can do a half a mile, that definitely makes the relay um, more favorable because you're carrying it for less time and you have to, you know, lean into your strengths. But Yeah, it was uh, curious what some people went with. Like, I guess – some teams immediately realized that they needed to switch up their strategy uh, with, you know, Josh fucking beasting out there and, and carrying the load for both her and Jen. Uh, There's literally a picture of Josh carrying one on his shoulder and Jen is holding it with like her fingertips. Like what do you, <laughs> it's, it's so <laughs> just, sad. just run fast, at least run fast for your team, please. <laughs> I don't know what she was hoping to accomplish out there. Uh, a few notes I have written down from uh, this segment Bailey's confessional look here oh my god she was looking incredible in this red dress Uh, Chris finally gets his first confessional of the season that was kind of a underlying storyline online Uh, the last week people saying wow where is Swaggy's confessional he's you know going to be such an important part of this season Um, so he finally gets his first one talking about him and Bailey's relationship Fessy, Jordan, and Rogan are the first three guys, obviously from three separate teams, to drop off their uh, missiles. So I just wanted to point that out, kind of showing which of the the guys are the strongest and have the best endurance and kind of keep that in mind for the rest of the season. Uh, I think I want to see what Fessy does to qualify for a final. I want to see who is man enough and wants to go up against him in an elimination because that's going to be fucking fun to watch. Uh, I think he's going to be one of the ones that gets on the tribunal. Now that we know that you can send yourself in, he, he that's going to be his move. Cause I think he knows no one else is going to send him in. Um, so I think Definitely, probably the first yeah. week that some of these bigger, stronger guys and bigger, stronger girls are in the tribunal. That's when you're going to start seeing, you got to take that chance when you get it. Yeah, I, I imagine that'll be the only way somebody like CT, him, Rogan ends mm-hmm. up going in is nominating themselves. Uh, so speaking of Jen, she gets a confessional where she says when she wins this money, she wants to start a business. She wants to start her own swimsuit line. <laughs> and I mean, it's really perfect because it's like she looks like a swimsuit model out there giving zero effort. So. She, she was barely carrying it. I, I just don't I even know what else to say I think you actually have to her. work harder to be a swimsuit model than she was working in that challenge. <laughs> Modeling can be hard. <laughs> she was doing absolutely nothing. I think I was doing more while she was while she was doing the challenge. Like I was sitting <laughs> eating like a you know some almonds and and some having like having iced coffee, and I, I feel like I was accomplishing more just sitting there. It's hard work. And she did for the entire yeah. I mean that. You know, her arms were probably tired from brush to palette to face. <laughs> she, she did a full face, which is a bold move, I feel like, in these challenges. You can and always she tell was... a rookie because they had the full face. And then she was trying to call out Anissa on Twitter for, like, calling her out on that. It's like, no, girl, like, we're not makeup shaming you here. Just, it's a fucking challenge. You didn't show up. You were more concerned with your look. Like, yeah, you, you can wear whatever hair and makeup you want if you do well. Kayla shows up with like full, you know, pinup girl look, and no one says shit because she performs. Like I feel yeah. like like Jen didn't even try. 
No. Uh, I'm afraid I think that's why that she was, was interested in try. becoming. No, I think she truly thought, and I think this gets back to why she didn't try and forge ahead with any relationships with the women is that she thought she could like, you know, flirt her way through it and didn't need to try super hard to your point, Logan, that probably is her trying. I don't think she has much more to like dig down and perform with, but um, I think her strategy was to, to get far by being pretty. Um, Obviously the elimination thing sort of put a wrench in her plans. (laughs) Hey, that's Mel Reeves job. All right. Don't be fucking coming for it. Yep. We stay in Queen Mel in this household. I, I I am a fan of her hotness and her competitive nature, and Allie fucking despises her. So you might be alone in your standom, Nikki. If Queen Mel doesn't start a, a scrunchie line <laughs> to team up with Cam with it, I might lose it. Listen, okay. I acknowledge that she is incredibly beautiful and occasionally funny. But I just, the, my main thing with her is ever since she called Cam, Cam, fat, I was out. I think if you call, if your like biggest insult to other women is calling them fat, if, I still have never been able to come back well, from Amanda Garcia calling Camilla fat because she's not. Like, that is just the ultimate dumbass lowest common denominator insult. And I, I've never come back from it. Well, I think it goes back to like, her like reality tv training where like she's from like love island so like she was like screaming in kaylee's face about how she has fat like cow saggy tits or something also gross yes we Uh, needed kaylee this season i'm throwing that out there too do what i i wanted to see kaylee back this season she said about three words (laughs) on war the worlds too and she was starting to, like, move up the ranks a little bit in, like, her political game. And Cam was teaching her some things. And she was definitely becoming more interesting to watch. But going back to the main point, I think Melissa is a mean girl who never grew out of it. I think she'll grow out of it now that she's going to become a mother. I hope so. Uh, during this conversation, I just, like, Googled Melissa Reeves. Just, yeah, look at her backstory. And DJ just, yeah. Melissa Reeves. This is I don't true. Know where she DJs, but um, and you know, just out of pure pure curiosity, I clicked on the uh, image search. Wow, she has some scandalous content out there. Is all I will leave that at. So, um, you're welcome, boys. Well, so does so does our Miss Jen with that leakage from today. I don't know. Oh, if I have not heard about this. Care to spill some tea? Um, there, there has been some, some screenshots brought up that, uh, Ms. Jen Lee may be, uh, involved in an escort service. Whoa. <laughs> what? Yeah. Oh boy. Which I'm not shaming her. Do we want, do we need to do? No, it's not at all. But what are not, not my body. I'm not going to say anything about it. No. Yeah. Sex work is work. We're not shaming you. That's just a surprising thing to find out. It feels like that would have been something that that I would have just put out there before someone else could find it. So it's sort exactly. of like with yeah. the, the Dustin when he did those provocative videos. On, Dustin on Zito was of... the original OnlyFans content creator. Yep. yep. <laughs> That's a great way to put that. I feel like we haven't talked about the challenge in upwards of 16 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, yeah, look. Can we just keep talking about <laughs> Melissa Reeves? She's just... No, no. That's why we're getting back to the challenge. 
<laughs> you know what? I, I did start an escort service once. Uh, oh? Met a lot of creeps, though. Oh, my God. <laughs> Come on. That's, that's a Dwightism. Yes, that is a, that's a Dwight Schrute joke. Sort of. You almost made it. Uh, I, I know. I kind of botched it. Let's just continue. Let's talk about the actual challenge itself because there's still a couple of awesome epic fails that came out of it. Uh, Big T, oh, I love her heart. She's just struggling so hard, but she is putting forth her best, and I really appreciate that. Keep killing it, girl. Ashley starts complaining about how she can't carry it, and Bear just gets pissed. Um, Ashley, yeah, this is going to be a very... Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Very interesting season for her. She doesn't have her girls there, but she is proven to be the most adaptable player maybe ever politically and socially in the game. Um, Mm -hmm. But she can't use her tried and true formula of staying out of eliminations to get to the end. So very intrigued by what she's going to end up doing this season. And uh, at one point during this segment, we get a confessional from Jenny saying like, oh, this is the type of thing I've been training my whole life for. And I appreciate that. And I think she's a kick-ass competitor, and I think she can do really well on this season. I just have to say, fitness is not a personality trait, Jen. Got to give me something a little more than that. Am I being too harsh? I agree. Well, I think it's sort of similar to when whenever Ninja would be like, oh, there's climbing. Nice. And you're like, okay, cool. You, you, You climb. Or any time there was any sort of like hall brawl or something that was similar to football, any guy that's ever played football in the challenge is always like, this is meant for me. I was a football player. And we're like, oh, yeah. So so were a lot of uh, a lot of American men. Yeah, it's yeah, just like, I'm, I'm going to need something more. Last season, because you could tell she came in uh, last season thinking, I'm like the most fit woman here. And that should be enough to get me to the end and then she looked like an absolute deer in headlights when people would like change their vote at the last minute or or, or they had lied about who they were going to send in like she was truly stunned by that um so hopefully she has figured out the sweet spot between i am obviously the most athletic person here but i also need to be likable and like social and put some of that into my game and i think we saw a little bit of that in the tribunal um, once we get there, I was interested in her response. Um, when, when Chris asked her like, well, what's in it for me? So anyways. Okay. So Jordan, Jenny and Wes, obviously the first group to finish Fessy, Kyle and Melissa are next. And then in a race against, I think it was Rogan's team and someone else. It ends up being D Chris and Corey are in third place. The original group that that finished, Jordan, Jenny, and Wes, are super hyped on getting to go into the chopper. And then they get up there, and they're trying to communicate, and they think they've got it down. And Jordan is just like, not just like moments early. He is like 20 seconds early on the drop every fucking time. And then he waits once, and they miss long by 
20 feet. And, and that banana... it's always the pilot's fault. Right, yeah, and that's his thing. He can never admit any fault of his own of being uh, the, the one that made the mistake in the challenge. Like, he's always looking for something auxiliary other than himself. I just kept imagining the pilot being like, hey, wait a minute. I'm not competing. <laughs> I um, This is where <clears throat> I thought that it was possible that he was throwing it. So I felt like maybe Jordan had done the math and figured out that Jen was going to get voted in by the cast. And then he was somehow like trying to strategize in – well, if I win and I put Tori in, like, it'll put a target. Like, obviously, people know they're working together. But I think my point here is that he was so fucking bad at this that I was, like, I, I had started to consider if he was throwing it. Like, like if you're so bad at something that I'm wondering if it's intentional or not, it's, like, a, a major fuck up in what you're trying to do. I don't think, looking back on it, I really don't think he was. But in the moment, I was, like, maybe that's the reason he's so bad at this. Is he trying to throw it? But no. And and then it sort of makes me wonder about last season when he got into that, that fight with, with Turbo afterwards. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, like, Jordan walks around with this this heavy ego. And, and I'm not discrediting his, his challenge capabilities, anything that he's done in it. He's done very well. One of the best. But... He he really needs to put his ego aside, especially if he's he's trying to win this game for Tori, which I think Tori's capable of winning it on her own. I think she would actually have a better chance of winning if Jordan wasn't on the season. I mean, I appreciate the sentiment. I do of like it's um it's important to him that Tori gets a win. I think that's nice, but I think he he like doesn't realize that maybe he's like overplaying his hand a little bit. I think this incident combined with their how like incensed he gets at D's move later on when you know he she she doesn't proclaim her her uh, alliance with Tori or you know recognize <clears throat> what he says is like okay this is the difference between Jordan and Tori Tori is there alongside D when Jen and Rogan are doing their thing and she's hyping her up being like, yo, fuck Rogan. You don't need him. He doesn't deserve you. And then is a good enough friend to like do that. And then is able to separate and later on be like, yeah, let's also talk about the game. You know, we ran this together and like all that versus Jordan comes at it. Like, Oh no, we won her money last season. She owes us this. Mm -hmm. Like there's no, there's no friendship there with, uh, from Jordan's side. Like, Tori fundamentally plays the game differently and is like an entirely different type of person than Jordan, which is why I'm still perplexed by their like pairing, but maybe it's because they're so different that they, they match up well, but we've kind of seen him in a relationship with someone way more similar to him. And it felt off. Like I never understood Jordan and Laurel as a couple, but this seems to make more sense to me because they forgot about that. Jordan and, and Laurel were so similar. Jordan and Tori are very different, especially in how they play the game. And I think they balance each other out. Um, yeah, that was what? But yeah. Three agents? Uh, yeah. I think I think I caught a few few scenes of that on uh, Pluto TV recently. 
which shout out Pluto TV. I still maintain if he had beat bananas in the uh, the wall climb thing that he threw himself into, he would have won the whole season. But that's neither here nor there. Um, yeah, I mean, that's a really good point to to bring up, Logan, that like Tori plays the game and like she creates these like genuine friendships and um she forgives really easily i mean i can't remember what it was recently maybe maybe that chicks in the office um podcast she basically said that she had like squashed her shit with Kara and polly because it's just not worth it it was like when we're in a game like emotions are heightened and and you know you know you're doing it for a show so you act a certain way but when we go home and we go back to the rest of our like our real lives i don't need to carry this with me whereas like jordan care you know like he never lets anything go yeah just ask turbo right his whole game is based on what happened last season and tori's like a little bit more able to adapt which is right which is also curious given that part of tori's pitch she's like oh everything the slate is wiped clean with this season but oh by the way we won you 250 grand last season send me in i it's like those are contrasting ideas I don't think that they won the money for D. Right. She was as integral as the rest of them. Yeah. Yeah, everybody was important. That's how it worked. (laughs) Maybe D won Jordan the money. Did you ever think about that? Yeah, because Tori Tori didn't win anything for anyone, actually. No. She got purged out in a puzzle. Right, this is true. And then, actually, okay, so... Against D. Once once again, jumping ahead, uh, there's this moment after the initial vote by the House and after the tribunal comes up with the three and then D is talking to Wes and Wes is like, wow, like what? I'm fucking Dr. Frankenstein over here. Like, what have I created? What is this monster I've created with D? Because she's considering not, not really seriously big T, but between Jen and Tori and she's like, oh, yeah. And Wes recognizes that her choice here is essentially going to send someone to the final and will be her alliance the rest of this season. And at one point, D is like, yeah, like that's that's all true. But what if we get there and it's a puzzle and I can like throw I can pull a fast one, throw Tori in and she loses because she sucks at puzzles. This is why I love D that she's like picked up this game so fucking quick and is so great at adapting and has taken like all the best advice from Wes and you know trust me this will not be a 100% love fest for D unfortunately as later on she makes kind of a major mistake but um, yeah but Logan she's like shitting her pants over someone not being loyal to her and then turns around and is like completely disloyal to somebody else Mm -hmm, come mm -hmm. on I was mad at D this episode I I mean I I get it yeah, she is our girl, but she definitely made some crucial mistakes. Okay, let's jump ahead with this uh, challenge. So Melissa, Fessy, and Kyle go next. They do a lot better. They get 7 out of 10. But then D, Corey, and Chris hit all 9. They fucking nail it. I love how hyped they're getting. I love uh, the the chemistry and the interaction between the three of them. This was great. And then, of course, Jordan is just such a poor sport and a, and a terrible loser. And Bananas, after the challenge, says, Jordan. Just accept the fact that you're a loser. And it it pains me again to say this, but Bananas killing it with the commentary once again this season. He has been on point. Uh, and Jordan is just like shockingly upset by this uh, whole ordeal. And he's 
looks he's like putting the whole blame on like as if Tori was sent home just by him not winning this challenge. So we're back. And if anything, this this challenge sort of seems like like it would have been okay that he lost this one. It it wasn't like this isn't the the challenge before the final. This isn't right. There's not a lot of pressure. Like a defining challenge. Yeah, I think for Jordan, everything is the challenge before the final. Like he takes like day one as seriously as he does like day sixty five, and that's why he like he's it. He's becoming less interesting to watch because you know he's almost turning into a Jenny, where it's like the only thing that you bring here is that you're like this like physical specimen who does really well in challenges but the most likable thing about you is who you're engaged to yeah i don't think that's even debatable at this point it's he walks into the house flipping the middle birds to absolutely everyone and he has a right to do that because he's a champ but it's not gonna get you far socially he just doesn't seem to be able to adapt which blows my mind but anyways Okay, so we're back at the bunker, and then this is the first uh, of a couple cringy moments. We get D wanting to make sure that Jen goes in from the house vote. So then she wants to send someone in with her vote to take her out. This is obviously a completely emotional play. Bad strategy by her, just like getting caught up in the moment being too influenced by Rogan and what he's doing, that she is willing to use this power that she has in week two, episode two, just to send Jen in to get her ass kicked, which is just like so backwards and not long thinking. Um, Jenny starts politicking to go in and D says, if we send her in, she'll have to scratch our backs, which is smart, which is the smart thing to do because she's the strongest one here. And I'm just like, did you hear like the entirety of the twist that TJ explained? Like by sending Jenny in early against someone weak who you know she's going to destroy in fucking anything, you're punching Jenny's ticket to the final, the absolute first go when she, you know, you know, Wes talked about the rubric and it's like the, the, skill sheet and like the the spreadsheet of all the different talents and skills it takes to be good on the challenge and that's why he ranked turbo as the greatest challenger ever because he has the highest score when you add all of them up and i would argue this season at least jenny probably has the highest score on that uh across the board regardless of guys or girls because even if she's not like uh seven eight nine ten out of 10 on the puzzles and stuff like that she is so far ahead of everyone else in fitness and longevity and endurance that it's like you i just did not understand the thinking here other than this like jealous play by d to want to send her in that her her hatred of jen blinded her from seeing how you fucking just gave the final to jenny i think this would have been a really good time to start you know putting down some bargaining chips like you know ask all the girls in the house like do you want to go in now sort of just like let them have their pick of who who they go up against right what are you gonna do for me she says like oh jenny will scratch my back later i i don't know what if she doesn't have the opportunity to scratch your back though 
Totally. Yeah. Agree. I mean, ultimately, what Dee did here was make sure that somebody else punched their ticket to the final before she punched her own. And that's like at its core what was wrong with this move. And I think Dee's whole thing at this point is I'm in an alliance with the strongest girl in the house. They finished number one and number two in the very first challenge. And I think like probably had the link up conversation after that. And her whole thing is like, well, Jenny's going to make the final. And second place to Jenny is better than not working with her and not being there at all, which I think is not how I would do it. But I think that's ultimately her strategy is like she's accepted that if they go to a final together, she would not beat Jenny. So she's like, let me, you know, if you can't beat him, join him. I guess it just I see like everyone else's frustration around her. And like I, I see Tori's frustration. Uh I don't think she should have picked Tori. I think, yeah, ultimately she should have picked herself because it kind of would have saved burning Tori and Jenny, and she could have had a badass moment and sent home the girl that she hates. So like I, think I would have gone with Tori and walked around to all of the guys and said either Tori or Jenny, right? Like the two that she was deciding between and basically finagled it so that you put both of them in there together. Like they both want to go in. Okay, cool. You can both go in. One of you is going to be the house vote and one of you is going to be the tribunal vote. But to just like throw, like I would have, I would have tried to keep um, Jen, the one who went home Jen, around a little bit longer for myself, mm-hmm. especially because Dee didn't know the twist that, at that point. She didn't even know that if she wanted to go in, she could. But right. yeah, there. I mean, I don't think that throwing in the weakest player because they're hooking up with your fuck boy from last season necessarily puts you in line with your mentor, Wes. I mean, that's my next note here is T big T wants to be voted in. By the tribunal, not the house vote, though. But her mentality that she she is claiming here is that she can beat anyone. So it's like a little contradictory that it's like if all you care about is going in because you want to prove yourself, and you want to punch your ticket, then it shouldn't matter who you're against because you're claiming it doesn't. And then it also shouldn't matter whether it's the house vote or the tribunal. I, I just... A lot of very confusing gameplay going on in this Yeah, Big T should have just been honest and been like, look, it's going to be a lot easier for the other two women in this, like, three that have been voted this, this, like, nomination thing. It's going to be easier for them to win down the line. So put me in – just be be self-aware. This is probably the only person in the house that I can beat, and I'll probably have to go in again as, like, the sacrificial lamb to someone stronger. But this is my only opportunity. Please let me take it. But instead, she went the like, I can beat anyone I go in against. It's like, okay, bitch, then you can go in later because you think you can beat anybody. I would have been, if I was in big T-shoes, I, I would have been a little bit more upfront. Like, this is my absolute best chance to to earn a red skull. And even if I lose it later to somebody stronger, this is this is the best chance I got. I think it was weird that there was no mention of anyone to, like, prove themselves. Like nobody was like, okay, like let's let's get Maddie in there, like let's get Melissa in there. Like I forgot Nani was in the episode, right? Yeah, I think that's gone now. Jenna, nobody was like, let's get Kayla in there. Like, there's no more rookie proving yourself thing. Like because going in to an elimination is now a privilege. Did did they forget Casey was there? I think that would have been (laughs) right. Put up. Yeah, I mean, she has gotten. I think two confessionals in two episodes total like they are running with the a storyline 
hard in these episodes and just kind of letting a lot of other people fall by the wayside, which is like shocking for, you know, 90 minute episodes. I, I was, I've been complaining nonstop about Survivor being only 60 minutes this season. They have so much fucking content. They're clearly leaving on the cutting room floor and they could go to 90. And this challenge episode, I had the same thing. I was like, where are half of these girls? Where are, you know, some of the stronger guys once, once Fessy is done with his challenge stuff, it's like, cool, peace, see you next week, bro. Yeah, like, where where is everybody? Do they not have <laughs> enough camera people in the bunker? Like, I just, I don't understand where most of them are. Well, with that said, I will say, I will trade less time of auxiliary storylines if what you're putting there in lieu of that is stuff like Johnny and Wes teaming up to give Jenny notes on her fucking speech to the house because oh my god this and was just one of the most bear in there too oh, oh. my one of the just... most hilarious and incredible reality TV moments ever you've got these and it's like see this is why it's apparent that the the Wes and Johnny rivalry all these years was like superficial and kind of staged. Because once they drop the facade, these two are laughing like two fucking 11-year-old schoolgirls. It is so, so incredibly funny to see these guys on the same page. There was a moment where I felt bad for laughing at her. And then I realized... And then I realized I am the youngest child. I have two older siblings. So so I have earned the right to laugh at a situation like that where they are definitely making fun of you to your face and you're too dumb to get the joke. I mean, how, how did you not look down at the words you were stupidly writing down and realize that they were fucking it, like setting you up for humiliation? How did that not? Oh my did God. she not watch a single season ever? Well, if she watched the same number of episodes she was on The Amazing Race for, she's watched exactly one episode. Pew, pew, pew. Yeah, she's one and done on both her shows now. It's, Anyways. It's shocking. So, okay, we actually had a question. Hold on. I, uh, let's shout him out oh. on Twitter here. Um, from my boy, Sean Brooks, asking, can someone explain to me why Jen was cast for the challenge? It was a horrible casting, and there are far better personalities from The Amazing Race they could have put on. Uh, I have seen every season of, the, of Amazing Race, and I honestly don't remember. <laughs> so that's an indictment if I've ever heard one. Um, Nikki, we've had this discussion ad nauseum the last couple podcasts. Can you think of any single reason why they cast Jen to be on this season <laughs> of the challenge? Maybe she has like a similar agent to somebody else that's already been cast. I'm sorry, the correct answer is that she's hot, so... Yeah, that's the only answer. That's the only reason. (laughs) (laughs) She's she's kind of hot. I don't think she's that hot. She has a a fantastic body. But she has one of those superficial bodies where it's like, I know she does, like, yoga and Pilates and, like, something else, but she couldn't couldn't lift anything. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm not going to act like she's not super hot. But she's not even verified on Twitter. Well, what did we think of Dee's tweet that she sent last night just roasting Jen? Was Did it cross the line? Was it too much? Um, Which I don't think... She, she posted a screenshot oh, of one of Jen's face and one of the alien girl from... Uh, 
Guardians of the Galaxy and said, uh, greetings, Earthlings. I mean, it's it's a hell of a meme. Uh, it's funny. It's pretty fucking funny, but people were pissed at her. I don't know if three white people are the right people to judge that joke or not. This is completely fair. Yeah, I think we should probably stay in our fucking lane on that All joke. Right. All right. I appreciate the uh, the whistle right there. Also, I, I would like to edit the greetings Earthlings in general. Of Jen saying it? Yeah. I yeah. Maybe, like, that was a thing that happened on, like, her season of The Amazing Race, or, like, you know, I How would she know? She was again, gone was, like, in five minutes. It's true. I will add it to add. She has 236,000 followers on Instagram, so she's definitely no Insta slouch, but, um... Is she verified yeah. there? Let's see. Uh, no. Oh, okay, that's surprising. But I think she's at least... She's not Shailene, right? She's not Shailene level of irrelevant, right, Logan? Who? Right. <laughs> okay, let's hit the home stretch on this episode because this has been a long one. <laughs> We're doing great. Uh, okay, Baron Rogan get involved with uh, the speech writing class here, and it's just a shit show. Uh, they put. Uh, okay, Johnny sets up Wes to set up. Jen to give her speech and as Nikki said up top uh greetings earthlings just <laughs> the the faces and the reactions from everyone it was like Anissa Johnny uh who else did they show like Melissa it was just down the line everyone just had the the WTF face written all over it was hilarious none better um, than Anissa queen of reactions girl. so far this season She's killing it. She's taking over like Marie's confessionals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, probably. So this is actually a conversation I had with uh, Diana yesterday after the episode or today of being like, so Marie and Jen both are obviously not incredible athletes or incredible competitors, but Marie brings so much more to the show. She, I mean, I guess... Jen sort of had a hookup or whatever, but like Marie had so many other hilarious characteristics and she's a great talker and she's clever and she gets involved in drama. And it's like, she does all these other things that make her a great reality star versus Jen, who is clearly just thirsty for fame and is using this as a stepping stone to get more Twitter and Instagram followers. She literally says when she's sitting down with these guys, like, Oh no, I I just like, I don't want to go into the elimination. I just want to kind of hang out with, and do fun stuff. It's like, mm-hmm. that's great and all that's you're on the wrong fucking show though. So just because you said yes and your agent got this incredible one in a million call doesn't mean that you're cut out for this show. No, we so. already have bear as just purely entertainment and no, no real work put in. Right. She that, just doesn't fit into sport. the new identity of what they're trying to establish, which we've talked about in the beginning of like being far more competitive. How the fuck does Jen fit into that? Right. I mean, look at the four people that they brought from from Big Brother. I mean, you're talking an engaged couple who are both great athletes and Fessy and and Casey, who are also incredible athletes. Like I said, top five. Yeah. Three of them are collegiate athletes. Casey, I assume she was a collegiate athlete because she plays pro football now. Fessy claims he should have been playing on Sundays. And Chris, I believe, was a college basketball player at a D3 school also. So it's like they're bringing so if in. that is the direction yeah. that they're going in, this girl makes absolutely no sense. 
And I, I will say, I think that she would have been perfectly content to be on the season the entire time, not ever get a red skull and have to go home right before the final. I think she would have been perfectly fucking content with just being on TV for an extended period of time and winning and, and, and earning nothing. Ah, the Johanna strategy of challenge gameplay. Yeah, I mean, it was well like, to build like a girl gang. Right. But but obviously she, you know, thought that, okay, well, even if I don't win an elimination, at least maybe I could flirt my way into staying here longer and getting a little bit more exposure and a few more Instagram followers. I think she would have been perfectly fine to get cut right before the final because she didn't have a red skull. She she came here to be on TV, not to compete. I mean, hey, there's no bigger compliment I can send her way than say she's the female Idris. And time to, <laughs> time to move on from that one. Oh, they'll hook up. You'll see. <laughs> she, <laughs> she absolutely just bombs her speech, and it well, is let's just film their own season of X on the beach. <laughs> um. One thing I noticed real quick that kind of has nothing to do with anything, but I thought was funny. They cut to Maddie during Jen's speech, and she's like, wow, this girl is doing terrible. She's obviously going in. Why are you talking about how bad you are? Um, And Maddie was wearing Jordan's purple mothy-hold shirt in her confessional. So, Mm -hmm. you know, they always talk about how girls and guys trade shirts, and, you know, there was the fucking Hawaiian shirt going on between – who is it? Josh and CT and somebody else last season. And girls are always sharing dresses. Zach. What was that? I think it was Zach. That was also. I think Zach, too. Yeah. 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 Um, I was watching rivals three the other day and there was this Muhammad Ali shirt that got passed around to like Tony and Ashley and somebody else. And then at one point TJ was wearing it. Like, oh, no way. <laughs> what the fuck is going on? Well, I was, I was going to say, I'd never seen, you know, cross gender, clothing sharing but i guess we have in the past uh so i just thought that was a funny moment um okay so then this is where the d and jenna argument just gets like sad and weird and jen claims that d is watching her while she sleeps she wants to keep one eye on her from hooking up with rogan and it's just weird and honestly neither girl is like amazing at arguing here so it was kind of just bad just bad it was very confusing yeah, it was silly, but at least at the end, when Jen was like, "Oh, you like worked so hard to send me in," blah blah blah, and and D was like, "I didn't have to." The whole house wanted to send you in. At least like she got some semblance of a final word. Yeah, that should have been a mic drop moment and walk away, but they just kept going at it, and it was just like not a not a good look from either of them, especially when they're fighting over this fuck boy eating dinner five feet away. And Can we just acknowledge like, that anything to do with me? I'm like, it has everything to do with you. Right. And can we just acknowledge that the move here, when somebody is hooking up with your sloppy seconds or, or thinking about it, you just act like you don't care. That is the ultimate fucking flex to come in as last season's champion, acknowledge that you hooked up with a fuck boy and then be like, girl, you can have him, but let me give you some advice. You don't want him. Like That's what Cara did. And then she got Polly. Not that that's like a trophy, but well, she thinks yeah. it is. So that's you know that it might as well be, yeah. Yeah, she wanted to make you know she wanted to make Kyle jealous, so she was sort of flirting with Polly, and you're like, okay, okay. And we're I just always think that no response is a response, and it would have been a lot more impressive 
to not give a flying fuck what Rogan was doing. Why did? Yeah. Why isn't he just trying to get Rogan out? Yeah, I don't right. Know. That's the that's the like backwards thinking here is you're going after the wrong thing, and it's like you shouldn't. There should there shouldn't be a lot of animosity towards Jen from D, but that's just how these like catty, stupid, completely unnecessary fights get started. And then the guy who's actually at fault, or you know, the person which happens to be uh, Rogan, who's at fault here, just gets to sit back and enjoy the brawl between them. And it's like, and well, I think that's what Tori was getting at too. She was like, "Girl, like." He's not that great. And it just like it stings a little more that D is coming in as the reigning champ. Like it shouldn't matter more. The only female reigning champ. Right. Like walk in there like you don't give a single fuck what that guy's doing. You've been there, done that. That is old news. Like scan for on to the next one, girl. That's the easiest way to get a rise out of somebody. It's not to attack the new person that they move on with. Buy some diamond encrusted earplugs and just ignore them. Right? Thank you. <laughs> uh, because she can afford it because she won $250,000 last season. Correct. Okay, so this is where D approaches, or excuse me, Tori approaches D about being thrown in, and then Jordan gets pissed that D isn't staying aligned with them, quote unquote, whatever, wherever he thought that they stood together from the previous season, but Tori wants to wipe the slate clean, so it's, it's a little confusing here. Uh, we get the um, tribunal... And Chris at one point is like Jenny versus Jenna versus Jen. I thought that was kind of funny of like <laughs> them actually acknowledging the ridiculousness of casting people with all the same names. We've got a Jenna, Johnny, Jen, Jenny. It was, it's a lot to keep track of. Uh, so ultimately it's Big T, Jenny, and Tori are the three girls. <clears throat> Next we hear Chris. Uh, I'll, I'll just read what he said here. Swaggy wants to know what you can do for me. This is him talking about himself in the third person. Uh, fucking why? Like, I, I just don't, I just do not get the, the Chris personality yet. Like, maybe he's endearing. He's actually a lot more fascinating and likable on Twitter than he is on the shows, which I, I assume that that is a less filtered medium to understand these people. You know, sometimes it's, not a good indication of who these people are. Cough, cough, Rogan. But I, I just seem to like him a lot more on Twitter than on the show. But, like, calling yourself swaggy in the third person, we can admit that's pretty fucking pompous, right? How come nobody else acknowledged it? <laughs> is that what he said? No, that's a good point. Yeah. Like, Wait, is that what he like, said? I, I, like, Hold on, we're not just going to speed past that. Did you just... I'm, just, it, I'm sorry, yeah, are you Terry from Brooklyn Nine-Nine? Ali, it wasn't even in a confessional. It was when he was talking to, I believe, Jenny, where he said, Swaggy wants to know what you can do for me. He said that to another person, another human being. Terrible. And the appropriate, first of all, that's stupid. But second of all, the appropriate response to that is, I don't have to do anything for Swaggy. I have the other two votes on this tribunal. I don't need to make you any promises. Are you listening to the other two people talking that are going to send me in because I've asked them to? That is where I worry about Jenny, that she's trying too hard to be nice and likable and like up her social game a little bit, that she's going to make all these promises just like she did to Swaggy, where she was like, I'll do my best to help you, which she doesn't realize is helping a whole other 
bunch of people that are, you know, we've talked about who that that alliance would add up to. But when he said that, I looked at Brian and I was like, I hope she doesn't promise him a fucking thing. She doesn't have to. You have the two out of three that you need. Don't make a promise that you don't have to that, that is not necessary for your game. She was so quick to start promising shit. They always promise things for the whole season, too. They're like, yeah, I'll have your back, like, all season. I'd be like, I'll have your back for this, like, one week. The next time I'm on the tribunal. Yeah. Right. Honestly, Nikki, that's, like, one of the biggest differences I've found in, like, Survivor and The Challenge. Watching two seasons both, like, simultaneously with last season and this season and podcasting about them is that, like, and I think it's even more so in Big Brother that, that it's, like, week to week you can form new alliances as the the challenges sort of dictate where you have to send certain people in. I feel like with the challenge, that's a little more lax and people are like, yeah, like look at D here. She's like, oh, you know, I made this promise to Jenny, you know, on the plane ride over here. Uh, and so since I did that first, I'm just going to go ahead and throw her bone here and then be aligned with her all fucking season. It's like you got to be willing to call a little more audibles during the season and be willing to change it up as the numbers dwindle and, and the alliances change. Well, yeah, it's like, like Leroy helped Nani as much as he could last season. You don't owe anybody the entire game. Yeah, honestly, yep. Leroy Demi played proved that real well. Yeah, Leroy played an incredible game last season. We, we need to give him a tip of the cap. Okay, so we're hitting the home stretch here. Uh, uh, yeah, I mentioned D. I kind of low key wants to put in Tori if it's a puzzle because she thinks that she might actually get knocked out. Uh, and then TJ, once we arrive at the purgatory, throws another twist at the group, saying that they can throw themselves in, which would lead me to. It kind of begs the question of like, well, what if because you quote unquote randomly selected these teams, say it was all three guys on the same team and it was a girls' day, I assume that that's never going to happen with these random teams. But you know, just thought I pointed out. And so we are left, you know, on a cliffhanger going to commercial break. If D is going to volunteer herself and throw herself in, Allie, what did you think of our girls' move to? Uh, not only not Centaurian, but to not send herself in and to give the strongest girl in the house the uh, worst competitor of all time. Um, I, <laughs> I think you got to send yourself in. I think that was a big mistake. I understand the risk is potentially higher than the reward, only in the sense that you know, if you lose to the one girl in this house, you probably shouldn't lose to. I could see how that would be a major potential for embarrassment. But the bottom line is, as I keep saying, you are the only reigning female of the challenge at this very moment. And champions and legends are made in decisions like this. And, you know, I, I told, I texted you last night, Logan, that like, in that moment, even a, a split second decision, you have to know that the pros definitely outweigh the cons. What's the only con? You you potentially lose and go home. I get that that's big, but the pros are a you don't have to choose between Jenny and Tori because they wouldn't have faulted you for sending yourself in. So you still maintain that you know 
those connections a little bit longer without having to draw that line in the sand. You get to send home, you know, the the girl that you have had this embarrassing feud with over such a fucking tool for the last 24 or 48 hours. But also, you set the tone for, like, we totally. are the first person who knew that this was a possibility, and I jumped fucking jumped it. on it as soon as I could. Yeah. And lastly, it is never going to get easier for you in there. There's never going to be a moment leading up to that that no one else knew you could do that because now that now that all the cards are on the table that is added into people's strategy you could have done yeah. it before anyone else saw it coming and i just think i i get it it's easy to sit on my couch and like you know be a a, a quarterback from there but Man, I just, th- you know, like, think about, like, going back to Zach. Nikki, we talked about it when you, you know, we're talking about having him on. Like, the most epic thing, in my opinion, that Zach has ever done is winning Don't say that it. elimination. Don't say time. it! Of course it. it is! Yeah, it was badass, but it didn't work out for him. No, it didn't, but we still talk about how badass it is. Like, and and going back to, like, Jordan sending himself in, saying he was going to pull all the kill cards on on that on free agents. And, like, we still talk about how badass it was more often than we talk about the fact that he lost. Same thing with Zach. Like, that's the most redeeming thing that he's ever done. And I think even if Dee went in and somehow managed to lose that elimination, which she knows sitting there watching, she would not have lost to that girl. She has to feel like my odds are really good. It's never going to get easier than this. I don't know. I just think it was a really, really unfortunate missed opportunity to walk the walk. And just and both Jen and Tori are in confessionals are like, yeah, I wouldn't have blamed her if she exactly threw That's herself why I was in. First on my list of the pros. Yeah, you're it, having it, a hard time solves, with this decision. You don't want to lose this alliance. It solves every fucking problem that D had at that moment, and had a massive benefit of making her look like a badass, and she could send the chick she hates home so and i I hate to say it but maybe rogan would have been impressed (laughs) right that doesn't matter to any of us but it clearly matters to her no that's a great point like i think i even thought about like oh in the cons column is she worried that rogan's going to be mad at her if she physically goes in and sends home his girl like we're obviously past that but she's not like in her mind staying in his good graces is probably still important but i can't falter for that you know i've uh had my my fair share of love affairs for for fuck boys like that. Mm-hmm. A disappointing moment from our girl, but I can't help but feel she's going to redeem herself at some point this season. Uh, funny, they they cut to Big T at one point. And she's like, "Wow, I really thought I was going in." It's like, girl, <laughs> oh, you were never you? going. You were so out of the loop. She didn't have a clue what was going on here. Sorry. Did you? But that twist, Logan, does solve a lot of our questions that we left the podcast on last week. Of like, what is the strategy now? I even mentioned like, if you're in the tribunal, can you throw yourself in? Is that the only way you can throw yourself in? Are we going right. to see people like desperate to volunteer? So that answers a lot of questions. Um, that, you know, we had moving forward about like, well, how are people going to get themselves in there? I just really wish that it would have, you know, that twist could have gotten started with a bang of of D being like, yeah, you know what? Let's fucking do this. Because this is what champs do. And this is what legends do. And yeah, just throw the jacket off and, and walk down there and say, I don't give a fuck if I'm in jeans. But I'll beat uh, you in jeans. <laughs> so, so Wes did come to her defense on Twitter saying, 
she was in jeans, she was in street clothes, she was hungover, she didn't mentally prepare, like all these reasons. And it's like, if you add all those up, it almost, almost, but does not outweigh like how awesome of a moment that could have been. So we love her. We're going to have her on sometime in the next couple weeks to chat with her. We'll definitely ask her about it. But D, just really wish you had uh, gone all out here. It's not often that you get teed up to have like a signature moment on uh, you know, like a legacy defining kind of moment yeah. on a show like this. And yeah, you know, it could have it, on, on the other side, it could have been, it could have gone bad for her in the sense that, you know, the only thing that, that Jen has on her in terms of intimidation is height. Jen has a lot of height. So I always found with like past seasons that like, you know, it was sort of unfair for like Veronica to, to do some things because she couldn't reach them. Right. So if it had been like something that was dependent on height, he would have been pretty screwed no i hear you and i fully acknowledge that if if i were in that position i would have a very hard time making the split decision to potentially send myself home when i was completely unprepared not in that mental headspace like i am answering this question as a fan who wanted to see something epic like that go down not as someone who thinks i would have been able to do i like to think i'm that type of person but i have enough self-awareness to be like oof I don't know if I could have done it on like a split second decision like that and, and potentially dealt with the embarrassment forever. I feel like yeah. in my head, I would be like, yeah, let me take her on. Yeah, I got this. Yeah, I'm going to prove myself. Yeah, I'm, I'll, I'll take her down, take her down. And then mm-hmm. what would come out of my mouth is like, yeah, Jenny, that works. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but Did anyone else want to chime in? But you can tell she regretted it, too, because she was like, God, I, I could have done this. And they the- don't tell you what the challenge is until you're in there so right but but the elimination itself was so lame it was such a pedestrian simple like boring it's like elimination a carnival game yeah that's a great way to put it it's like you have this incredible set of the the purgatory and you bring in honestly i've been fairly disappointed in both eliminations so far like the the glass kicking one last week between asaf and jay essentially had this glass whatever plastic piece in the middle that served no purpose it was just a how long can you hang endurance challenge with the mask of a battle between them and then this even if you got an incredible competitor down there someone who's comparable to jenny in strength that they could have gone toe-to-toe like how is it good television just to watch these girls fling barrels over this like wood barrier. I, I didn't get it. I thought, yeah, it, was it just lame. wasn't compelling. Cause we watched the strongest person in the house do it. Like Probably, if it had yeah. been, if it had been, uh, Jen versus say big T, it could have been a little bit longer, <laughs> but more interesting to watch. Cause they would have each had to fight a little bit more for the win. I think, point. I think you're like being a little bit hard on this elimination because of who you saw do it. Probably, yeah. And, and TJ even says, he's like, she would have beat me. She would have beat all your asses up there. <laughs> yeah, so I love exactly. when TJ gives props like that. You know you made it when, once TJ is uh, standing for you. I, I keep having this like ongoing debate between myself and people on Twitter where it's like, who has the most savage commentary? Is it like, is it TJ or is it Jeff from Survivor? Because <laughs> Jeff just, he's just always pulling them out. He's like, oh, he's like, yep, like Nick's doing really well at this puzzle, except this puzzle that he didn't do very well last time he was on here. 
Jeff can be such a fucking savage, and it's like almost it. mean spirited at times. It's pretty funny. He's like, "Well, this person's doing real. Oh, Wendell, you suck." He he, he'll, he's no... like, "Yeah." At some point, I think in this season, he's like, "Wow, like one of the biggest blown leads ever in the history of Survivor. Like, I cannot believe how terrible this one team is doing." <laughs> Commentating that to the teams competing, their feet away. They're like, I can hear you. Yeah, Wendell is like talking shit back to him. I love it. Is it better than when TJ just laughs at everybody for sucking at trivia so bad? Oh, I love that. Nothing compares to the joy TJ gets out of that. That is still the most pure (laughs) thing in the world. (laughs) I can't wait for whatever trivia comes up this season. Oh, man. It's got to be better than last season. Like, I I appreciated the creep. Remember that they had them sitting in those like ejector seats. That was when oh, Nicole or carnival stuff. Yeah. Yeah. When Nicole was like, was asked how many seconds are in five minutes. <laughs> right. And she says, oh God, 50 Nicole, seconds. I forgot about her. Uh, I was watching that with headphones on and I just started cackling. And, and the person <laughs> that I was sitting with was like, what are you laughing at? Cause he doesn't watch the show. And I was like, you... so I just pulled out my headphone jack really quick, let it play. And he's like, Sorry, did she not know how many seconds were in five minutes? And I was like, <laughs> "You were like, yeah. yep, that's what or you just heard." One minute. <laughs> yeah, so beautiful. I'm hoping that they do the creativity of something like that this season, but implement it better because I feel like the the trivia has sort of been lacking the last few seasons. We need an all time great comeback trivia challenge this season. Yeah, right. hang them upside down. Do some sort of endurance with them, or something. electrocute them. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, All right, so that wraps up uh, the elimination and this episode. We kind of get, I can't remember who it was, maybe Ashley in a confessional saying, you just gave the best and strongest girl in the house the easiest ride to the final. So I think people are going to be a little pissed at Dee for not uh, sticking up for herself and for, you know, kind of taking this easy alliance along with her. I don't know. We'll, We'll see how it plays out. Most notably in the preview of course, we see Jay and D finally hooking up at what looks to be a Halloween party. And, you know, we fucking love Halloween parties on the challenge. It's always a good time. Oh, they're the best. Uh, and so that wraps up this week's episode of The Challenge and the Rotten Banana Podcast. Nikki, can you uh, tell the listeners where they can find you on social media and your blog? You can find me at thenikkison.com. And then, you know, ABB, always be branding. You can find me. On, on Instagram, the Nikki Sin, Twitter, the Nikki Sin, TikTok, the Nikki Sin. Yeah, most importantly, TikTok, obviously. <laughs> yeah, all my not even 200 followers. But I did have a, a video hit 200,000 views. What? Wait, what? That's the craziest yeah. thing about TikTok is you could just be like from total obscurity, blow up out of nowhere. And it, it was the most ridiculous video. It was just I was I was sitting there with my partner and I was like, oh, I'm like, what are the coronavirus symptoms? This was in January before it was even a pandemic or a, a you know a visible one. And we looked and one of the symptoms was a general feeling of unwellness. And I was like, that's all the time. I always feel that way. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> and that was the uh, whole thing. Okay, and you just dropped your TMI Tuesday with uh, MTV with Challenge Big Star. T. Big T. Do you have any yes. others uh, in the can or that you want to tease for us here? Um, I have a few TikTok stars coming up that I'm excited about. Um, I can't really divulge who's next up from the challenge, but I'm, I'm very excited about it. 
Awesome. Well, make sure you guys stay tuned to the NikkiSin.com for that. As always, you can find me on Twitter at Hedrick Files, or if you're looking to grab a nice rotten banana shirt, keep you warm for this uh, last final stretch before we jump into summer. Then, of course, you can get yourself a cut-off tee. Just go to HedrickFiles.com or HedrickFiles.Threadless.com. Allie is at hello Allie Evans. Allie, I'm going to give you the final word. You got anything as we sign off here? See you later, Earthlings. <laughs> no, you ruined it. <laughs> I love it. All right. Rotten Banana Podcast. <laughs> we out. She think I'm an asshole. She think I'm a player.